Welcome to the WWE Podcast. This is your official SummerSlam review for 2022. So much to talk about. Up and down the card, I thought it was a very good pay-per-view. Certainly not without its faults, but overall, I think over-delivered. The main event was crazy, but also disappointing. So we'll get to that and so much more major heel turns, major returns. This pay-per-view had it all. We're going to get to all of it right after this. If you've got a prescription to fill, you need to listen carefully. Did you compare pharmacy prices before deciding to go to your closest one? Do you know that you might end up paying two to three times more at one pharmacy compared to another? The same drug that can be found here for $52 can be found 1.3 miles away for $18. Think about what you would do with an extra 34 bucks per transaction. Now, with Meta Discounts, it's easy to compare and check prices among the different pharmacies in your area. Just open up their website, type the drug that you're looking for, and the zip code of your area to receive a detailed list of pharmacies and their prices. All you have to do is choose the one that saves you the most. Additionally, using their free simple-to-use prescription discount card, anyone can save up to 80% on prescriptions. Regardless of your age, income, or insurance status, Meta Discounts card will help you. Your mom, your sister, your friends, and even your dog save money at the pharmacy counter. So don't wait, guys. Get your new card today and start paying less for the care you need. It's metadiscounts.com. That's metadiscounts, M-E-D-I, discounts.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. Mickey Lynch is going to Tommaso Mania. Come on, All right, everybody, it is time to talk SummerSlam. SummerSlam 22 that concluded last night. I'm recording this in the morning, early morning on Sunday. I was going to get it out to you late last night, but. Uh, after four hours plus of a pay-per-view and it's midnight by that time because I just collapsed, right? So here we are. It's Sunday morning, hopefully when you're listening to this, and we have so much to cover with SummerSlam. Top to bottom, we're going to go through match by match. I will give you my overall thoughts. I thought SummerSlam was a really good pay-per-view. And while you heard the reports internally about even the staff, the employees, management weren't happy with the card, and fans didn't seem to be overwhelmed either. The, the I think when you look back now with hindsight, I think most of us could probably look at it and go, hmm, good stuff, right? Like that was a solid, really good pay-per-view. And it saw things that maybe Vince wouldn't have done. Of course, it's impossible to know if Vince already planned on doing the things that you saw. We don't know. I mean, we can speculate, right? Imagine, I'd imagine anyway that, the Triple H fingerprints on this were Bailey's stable instead of just having her return by herself. She had a stable and uh, EO Sky. I want to say EO Shirai, but it's EO Sky uh, in Dakota Kai. So certainly th- I think, you know, you'd look at those individuals and say, yep, that had Triple H all over it. But without it being a part of the actual creative team, you don't know how much Triple H changed or modified from what Vince had already planned to do. 
as we get further out in time with every passing show, you'd imagine that Triple H's ideas will be more prominent and more dominant than than whatever Vince wanted to do moving forward. So as we get more and more out in time, again, I think you'll see more and more of Triple H's influence because Triple H just can't blow up the whole thing and start with new new programs, new feuds. He has to continue with what Vince started. So if this was any indication, though, and Triple H did have a significant influence on it, I, I like what Triple H has done so far. Again, it's difficult to give how much credit to give Triple H because Vince just left. And if Vince said, hey, here's what I was going to do with SummerSlam, pick and choose what you want to do. We, we don't know how much he changed or didn't. So anyway, I thought it was a very good pay-per-view and we're going to get into all of the good. And there's a lot of good to talk about for, for all the people that listen to this podcast and think that I'm negative all the time. There's a lot of good here. Now, there's some things I'm going to criticize, things that uh, I wasn't a fan of in general, but... There's a lot, a lot to like about this pay-per-view, and we're going to dive into it. First, I want to welcome you if you are a new listener. I know we have a lot of new listeners around pay-per-view times, and thank you for giving us a try. I really do appreciate it. I know there's a lot of options out there, so you can join us ad-free, by the way, at patreon.com slash WWE podcast for $1. $1 gets you all of our ad-free uh, shows ad-free and a shout-out on this show, Discord server, and a ton more stuff. And as you go up, there's more stuff. And I'm going to be doing videos later today talking about SummerSlam in depth, a little bit more stuff that you won't hear on this show that are exclusive for patrons in the $5 tier and higher. So just consider that as you uh, move along in your day. If you like us and you want to support us, cool. And you want to add free? That's also another way. As well as Apple Podcasts, we have an ad, uh, a, uh, ad-free subscription there with the ad-free button or our website, wwepodcast.com. You can go VIP and get all of our stuff ad-free there, too. All right. That's enough of my shameless plugging. Let's get into the pay-per-view. Let's just do it. The Raw Women's Championship. That opened the show. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. This, I thought, was a match that started slow. I think it wasn't. uh, It it took a while to get the oils and the the juices flowing. For whatever reason, I, I think that they... They knew how much time they had, and they started to do collar and elbow tie-ups and, and like tests of strength, and they started to do chain wrestling. And I have no problem with that, but it feels like there's not a lot of opportunity for talent to do that. The reason is that when you start a match with chain wrestling and kind of those games to start a match instead of just diving right into moves and like you know punches and kicks and you know, power moves and clotheslines, which is about 95% of matches and how they start, when you start with the slower pace... That will tell the audience, if you've been watching wrestling for any length of time, that this is going to be a match that's going to be about 15 minutes or longer. It tells the audience that they're going to start from really ground zero instead of starting at like, you know, a five out of 10. They're starting at like a two out of 10 and doing this chain wrestling stuff. And that's always a good indication, by the way, of how long that match has gotten for time is how they start. So but anyway, it didn't feel like they gelled really well at the beginning a lot of kind of it was a little bit clunky but it picked up as the match went on and I think it was very good now did it blow me away where it was the match that I expected it to be I guess I put it at an unfair level where I thought this was going to be like a nine and a half out of ten classic and it was to me like a seven out of ten I think it was still good to very good but I don't know. Maybe I unfairly put the bar too high. And 
they did still a very solid job, but I don't think it was as good as say Sasha Banks and uh, and uh, Bianca Belair was at their uh, their WrestleMania match. And I've seen better matches from these two, but still, this was very good. I mean, again, I'm, I guess I'm nitpicking here, but the KOD on the outside, and then uh, Lynch barely made the referees ten count. And then I'm looking at some of these just notes here. Make sure I don't forget Lynch almost beat Bianca with her manhandle slam right after that. Belair was able to reverse a superplex hitting a Spanish fly. That was crazy before another KOD for the pinfall. I mean, the Spanish fly was insane. <laughs> that was nuts. Um, good for them. You know, they that was a that's a very high risk maneuver. Very high risk. And they pulled it off beautifully. Lynch and Belair then shared a handshake and a hug after the match. And I'm thinking to myself, waiting for the, the, the manhandle slam. I'm waiting for Becky after Bianca turns her back to start pummeling her. Nope. That's not what happened. It, in that moment, Becky Lynch turned babyface. And after this, though, this is where things start to get very interesting. Bailey makes her return. Now, Bailey, I thought, was going to be slotted for SmackDown. That's not happening. She's slotted for Monday Night Raw. Um, and, and again, at this point, there is no brand split anyway. There, the brand split has died, a very quiet death. And I'd imagine that they're not going to do a brand a draft come this uh, fall because there's no point. They can't stop. They can't help themselves. I mean, <laughs> it's like two weeks before they just start bringing people over without explanation. So we'll see what Triple H thinks about it moving forward. But uh, Bailey makes a return and the crowd loved it. The crowd popped really hard. Bailey looks great. I love her new hair, uh, her her outfit. She just it's just like, oh, man, this is awesome. Like, it's just so cool to see Bailey back after over a year. And Dakota Kai's music then came out and she walked out to join Bailey. And then EO Shirai or EO Sky, which is weird. Is it EO Shirai? I've heard EO Sky, EO Shirai. I'm not sure. Like somebody clear this, clear this up. I heard both, but EO uh, came out and joined Bailey and Kai, and the three women came to the ring and looked like they're going to beat down Bianca. Then Lynch jumped into the ring to stand side by side with Bianca, and the group backed down. Even though it was three on two. With that advantage, Bailey still backed down. The crowd booed because they were cowards. But it was a. I love this. I, first of all, Bailey coming back as a heel. It. I don't hate it. WWE also did the same thing with Becky Lynch last year. Ended in the same spot with uh, Bianca Belair in the ring. So Bianca seems to be the. Uh, I guess that that spot where WWE wants to use her to debut or re-debut or, or whoever have returns in that particular situation with Bianca there. So uh, this, I think though, first of all, I love this. And this looks like it's going to be maybe clash at the castle. Those two versus uh, Bailey and her, uh, her minions. And I think that what's going to happen here is the same thing that happened last year with Becky and Bianca. This is going to lead all the way to WrestleMania. I think that that's probably what it's going to be given that Bailey versus uh, Bianca Belair is a WrestleMania worthy match. So I think they're going to build this all the way to WrestleMania. Now, does that mean they can't have a match in between? No, they probably will have one or two matches, maybe kind of go back 
They'll, they'll take detours from each other for a month or two, two, three months. And then they go back to Bianca versus Bailey at WrestleMania. That's not to say they're going to tease it for seven months and not deliver. I mean, no, that's just way too long. So they'll have a match or two, leave each other maybe in you know December, January, and come back after maybe Bailey wins the Rumble or something and challenges Bianca at WrestleMania in Hollywood. That's my thought. And maybe Becky Lynch is involved and it's a triple threat. But I think Becky is going to face Ronda as we got the exact turns that I was hoping for with Becky and Ronda. They are now in their rightful places. We'll get to Ronda's match in a minute. But I think as you look forward to WrestleMania, because I always start to think about WrestleMania with SummerSlam because storylines actually, one or two at least, go from SummerSlam to Mania when you look back. I think they're building to Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania in Hollywood one-on-one. I hope. They, 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 they got to get to that one-on-one. We, I can't believe Ronda's been in with WWE on and off for like four years. <laughs> they haven't yet gotten to the one-on-one because WWE just spoils it with adding a third person like uh, Charlotte. And then Becky turned heel and you can't have a, you know, you have a heel Ronda or rather a baby face Ronda. Becky is a heel. It didn't work. So now the chips seem to be falling into place. Becky Lynch is back to a baby face. Ronda is back to being a heel. And we'll get that God almighty one-on-one at WrestleMania. Let's hope. And I think Bianca and Bailey is also WrestleMania 39. So uh, good stuff here. No complaints as far as uh, the, this, the booking of this. Bailey looks great. It's awesome to see her back. She breathes new life into the women's division. Okay. Then we get to a match that I have to eat my words on. And eating my own words is not fun. Okay. I don't like to be wrong. It's just my ego. <laughs> but uh, I really, I'm impressed by this next match. Logan Paul and The Miz. Logan Paul, I thought was going to get demolished by the crowd in Nashville. And I really thought that the crowd was going to turn on Logan Paul and that he was going to get booed out of the building. He didn't. He got generally a positive reaction. There was there were some boos, but it wasn't as negative as I thought. And the crowd generally behaved, which I'm somewhat I, I love a rebellious crowd. This one wasn't it. I'm very shocked. So maybe the families did come and. Nobody, everyone was kind of just having a good time, didn't want to be rebellious, just going along with whatever they're fed. Hey, you pay your ticket, you can do what you want. But this was good. Um, And Logan Paul was, I, I don't like the guy. I still don't like him as a person. He feels like an arrogant SOB. As a wrestler, as a professional, I think he put in the work. He didn't half ass this. The guy was ready and for him to perform at this level for his first one-on-one match at this stage is nothing short of amazing for him to do the things he do, did and to not hurt himself or the Miz. You know, the, the, the Miz has to have a lot of trust in Logan Paul with a guy that is super green to not paralyze him or hurt him or himself. And Logan Paul, I think, really blew it out of the water. Now, could he work on some selling and some things here and there? Yeah, Logan Paul isn't great at selling, I don't think. But from the like a just a, a wrestling perspective, from the maneuvers, the wrestling itself, <laughs> he's uh, he's pretty good. And uh, so, what happened in this match? We got Champa out here, by the way. 
uh, Champa, who has been relegated to one of the you know, biggest names in NXT, has been relegated to just this minion of the Miz for no reason that we haven't been told, and then get kicked out of ringside. You know, like uh, which he actually said no to and sat in a chair. But yeah, that that's that's uh, Champa's role now. Kind of weird, given that Paul Levesque Triple H is really high on Champa. I expect more in the coming weeks and months from Champa, but we'll see. So. Let's see. Uh, some of the big moves here. Um, Logan Paul hitting that frog splash on the Miz perfectly landed on the announce table was really good. And the announcers, I got to say, had a really rough night between Brock Lesnar and the forklift or the uh, not the forklift, the uh, tractor. Yeah, you know, they had a rough night. I got to say. And this was this was good. Now the phenomenal forearm hit by Logan Paul was not good. It, it was not good. And the uh, blockbuster he did was he held on to his neck too long. Um, but I'm nitpicking for a guy that just pretty much walked in and did this is it's absolutely amazing. Um, so the Miz tried to hit Paul from behind. This is the end of the match. Logan Paul ducked. This caused the Miz to collide, nearly collide with the, with Maurice and Miz backed away right into Paul hit a skull crushing. So Logan Paul hit a skull crushing finale on the Miz and uh, that hit the three count. So Logan Paul beat the Miz with his own maneuver. And boy, this was good stuff. You know, um, you you can't look at this as anything but a success for Logan Paul, you know, and it really may help in a, in a big way for his reaction that WWE is clearly going for baby face on, which, uh, yeah, I still don't agree with, but I understand it. And this is a great way to get fans on his side is the fans are looking at this going, huh? Okay, he's taking this seriously. He clearly put in the work. Fans see that. They recognize it. They respect it. And that's what they've done. And I think they were they took a big step in the right direction if they want Logan Paul to be a successful babyface, at least for the first version of himself here. All right. Next match was a bit disappointing. Very quick. Uh, the United States Championship match with Lashley in theory. This was... It was okay. Um, you know... Lashley was attacked by Theory at the very beginning of the match and with, with the briefcase. Boy, that briefcase is becoming a, like a deadly weapon at this point. Lashley um, then, of course, eventually came back. He hit a back elbow and then hit his huge slam that was just insane. I mean, that, that slam he did, the strength Bobby Lashley has is just crazy. Theory then grabbed the briefcase and tried to leave the match. He was stopped by Lashley who threw Theory into the ringside barricade twice before throwing Theory back into the ring. And then Lashley locked in the hurt lock and forced out forced Theory to tap out. It was short. Um, there wasn't really much to, to think about in this matchup. Not SummerSlam worthy, I don't think. And, and Lashley is uh, United States champion, continues to be. And I think that's a nice spot for him to be. But I don't know who Lashley's next opponent is. We'll find out tomorrow night on Raw. So... No, I mean, I didn't hate the match. It was just underwhelming for the what you know these two are capable of. And they, I think, wanted to a lot more time to, quote unquote, more important matches than this uh, this United States championship match. So, again, not not a lot to really think about here. OK, the Mysterials versus the Judgment Day. The Mysterials got off to a quick start. Dom and Ray hit their dives, as they always do. And, you know, there were some quick tags here. By the Mysterios, Balor, and Damian Priest. Now, here's the thing. If, if this is a no DQ match, why do we have to have people on the ropes tagging in and out? 
It should be a tornado tag match, right? Because if it's an ODQ, yet you still have to make tags. Well, what's the referee going to do if everyone's in the ring at the same time? DQ you? He can't. Like, shouldn't this just be? I mean, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't know. It was very weird. Like, by if it's no DQ, by default, you should have nobody tagging in and out. No, right? Because what's going to stop the person on the apron from coming in the ring? Referee can't do anything. Bizarre. But, okay, so let's see. I'm reading through my notes here. Balor got back into the match. I'm skipping to about the middle of the match here. He ate a uh, top rope Hurricane Rana from Ray before Priest broke up the pin. And as Mysterio's seemingly were about to win, Rhea Ripley interfered to attack Ray and set up Priest to hit South of Heaven. And Balor called for a chair, but the lights went out and Edge made his return. And, you know, I don't want to make it this Edge. Um, First of all, I like Edge with hair. Edge with short hair is not, you know, it's just not my cup of tea. I like Edge with hair is, even if he has gray hair, I don't care. Adam Copeland with, with hair, it looks better than without. But this was kind of a, it was like a hybrid of his character that he developed for a short period of time in the Judgment Day. And also kind of that brood one he did coming out with, uh, you know, on several main events. Prior to this, even though he was still the, the babyface edge, she did the brood entrance. It's kind of like a hybrid of things. I don't quite know what this is. I, I want to hear the promo from Edge, hopefully on Monday night, to hear exactly who and what this version of Edge is. I don't quite know. Cool entrance. Edge has got a great, you know, a, a great demeanor about him. He still moves great. Hitting the spears on Finn Balor and Damian Priest was cool. Dominic and Ray get the victory. But I don't, I don't know. Um, this, the return was predictable. I just don't know what edge is. I, I don't know. We'll see. But it was fine. And I don't know how edge is going to uh, work with this whole thing because edge versus dominant or rather edge versus Damian priest or edge versus Finn. I don't know where, where this is leading. It just doesn't feel like it's a big enough stage for edge. Does it not? I feel like Edge should be doing something more at this stage. I was hoping he'd rejoin the Judgment Day and turn on the Mysterios and give them both concertos. That's what I was hoping for. Keep Edge heel. But he didn't, and he's babyface. I think maybe that's the problem I have with this whole thing. Like, if Edge returned, just as everyone expected to, and then just as you think he's going to be the White Knight and, and attack the, the Judgment Day, he turns and... St- crushes the skulls of Dominic and Ray on top of we didn't get a turn from Dominic so this was a bit disappointing on two fronts like okay the return of Edge is cool but I don't know who and what Edge is yet and I don't I was also disappointed by no Dominic return or Dominic turn and I was also disappointed that Edge stayed babyface and didn't rejoin the judgment day that that I'm those two things I'm really not happy about this was okay uh you know, kind of a, a neutral thing for me because I, I don't know, disappointed, but also cool to see Edge back. So I'm a bit mixed. Pat McAfee versus Happy Corbin. Now, this match was, I mean, the, you have to kind of readjust your standards with Pat McAfee. You have to readjust your expectations, rather. You, you, you have to look at this and go, okay, like 
he's putting in work. You know, he's probably training. He's got a ring to work in. He's, he's putting the work in. He's trying to get himself in shape, put more muscle mass on, all that. And that's great. And he should. But he's still like 95% an announcer. And you know that going in, he's not going to put on a wrestling clinic. And that shouldn't be the expectation for anyone. You know, so there's that. So readjusting your expectations, I think, will help you when you're rating this match. Because it was okay. You know, um, I will say that the whole bum-ass Corbin is something that's not going to happen. It's like fetch. It's not going to happen. (laughs) Those of you that have seen Mean Girls know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not going to happen, Pat. If you have to create an audio clip at the beginning of your entrance music to try to get people to chant along with bomb ass core, no one's chanting along, Pat. I'm sorry. Like, I like the guy. He's trying to force this one and it's not catching on. He even had his hashtag bum ass Corbin on the back of his shirt. I I appreciate the effort, Pat. It's not happening. Uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll just people will just go, okay, let's play along. And then maybe it'll start to catch on. It's not like people aren't organically chanting this. He has to try to force it. That's how you know it's not a great chant is when it's forced by the performers. Right. So there's that. But the match was OK. Um, I'm reading here. Kyle start through the middle of the match here. Corbin reversed momentum. He threw McAfee onto the announce table. McAfee hit his leap on the top rope for a superplex. I got to say, uh, he almost killed himself. <laughs> there were some times I said, oh, 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 like he almost slipped a few times. It got a little scary, but uh, he eventually hit it. Uh, he hit a swanton that I forget what they called it. it they didn't want to say swanton to say, you know, reference Jeff Hardy. I forget uh, an aunt. I forget. Michael Cole mentioned it a couple of times. McAfee accidentally sent Corbin into the referee, but took advantage and kicked Corbin right in the nuts <laughs> before hitting a code red for the win. And, you know, uh, I guess there's, as I'm reading some of these notes here, people are talking about the ring ropes being both loose and slippery. I didn't notice them being loose, but I did notice them being slippery. And Brock even slipped, not on the ropes, but on the barricade on the outside during his match. And I think that the announcers alluded to the humidity in Nashville, which, I mean, it's super humid down there obviously, and they had no roof, so there was no air conditioning. So they were exposed to the elements. And that had a lot to do with, I think, on top of the sweat not drying as quickly and the humidity. Those are dangerous things in the ring. You don't want the ropes to be slippery. And I didn't notice them being loose, but slippery, yes. So Pat had a, you know, almost killed himself. Um, yeah, but Pat McAfee gets the victory and he goes back to announcing. So, okay, cool. So, oh, and one other thing about the arena setting, I tweeted this out. I can't decide if it's better or worse when there's daylight. Like they did this for what? WrestleMania 31 or 34. I know when Sting was there, he had his match with Triple H. I think it was at WrestleMania 34. That happened. And also, I think it was WrestleMania 31 too, where they both had those outside arenas, at least for part of the show. It feels weird. It feels weird. And I, I just, I can't decide if I like it or not with, uh, when it's not dark out, it's just one of the ambiances. Like I feel like it just should be dark out, but I'm also trying to embrace it at the same time. Like, Oh, this is cool. Like it's still daytime and there's sunlight, but I don't know if I like this. It's just, I'm very split. So let me know what you guys think. Do you guys like that? 
Do you guys like the fact that there's daylight and they're still wrestling? I don't know. Something small, but... Okay, then we get to the Undisputed Tag Team Championship here, the Usos versus the Street Profits, with Jeff Jarrett as the referee. Now, this match, as expected, at least from what I thought, this was not as good as their Money in the Bank match. It just wasn't. And it's it's almost not fair to expect them to be as good or exceed that because those are those match those kinds of matches that happen are ones that happen once a year. You know, those are very rare. You have to have everything come together just right. And you can put the same guys in the same match and you won't get the same outcome. It's just the way wrestling goes. And these guys still put on a good match, but it wasn't money in the bank or better. And it's certainly not. And this was, I mean, it was fine. Jeff Jarrett was, you know, he was impartial and he was, he was there to be the guy to make sure that, you know, that the regular referees didn't see the shoulders down or what, or the shoulders up rather. And I guess that's why they brought him in. But, you know, uh, this was okay. Um, I think that having the Usos retain was the right call only because you're now looking at a possible split with Montez and Angelo Dawkins. The announcers even talked about it during the match where they talked about Montez Ford putting on muscle and that he's created a, or he's a lit a fire under Angelo Dawkins, who is aware that he could be a breakout star and he's tried to keep up with Montez. Now, the thing with Angelo, though, number one, he's a, he'd be a perfect heel. Perfect. Angelo Dawkins is a guy that is he's obnoxious as hell. I can't stand his personality. At all. And that's perfect for a heel. Him saying, yeah, with every every single time he's announced, brought out to the ring, you know, uh, somebody interviews him, he, for some reason, just has to say that. And it's obnoxious to me. Now, Montez Ford looks like a star. Everyone knows that. And I think this could be the beginning of the end. Because they lost here. The Usos hit Dawkins with a pair of super kicks and then the 1D. And this was... Still a solid match, but again, the big story here is not the Usos retaining, but the possible split starting with the uh, Street Profits. That's what I look at this as, and I'm all for it. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break and then give some love to the sponsor. And on the other side, we're going to get right to Riddle and Seth brawling and then the top matches of the show and the main event, of course. So everyone stay right here. We'll be right back. If you've got a prescription to fill, you need to listen carefully. Did you compare pharmacy prices before deciding to go to your closest one? Do you know that you might end up paying two to three times more at one pharmacy compared to another? The same drug that can be found here for $52 can be found 1.3 miles away for $18. Think about what you would do with an extra 34 bucks per transaction. Now, with meta discounts, it's easy to compare and check prices among the different pharmacies in your area. Just open up their website, type the drug that you're looking for and the zip code of your area to receive a detailed list of pharmacies and their prices. All you have to do is choose the one that saves you the most. Additionally, using their free simple-to-use prescription discount card, anyone can save up to 80% on prescriptions. Regardless of your age, income, or insurance status, meta discounts 
card will help you. Your mom, your sister, your friends, and even your dog save money at the pharmacy counter. So don't wait, guys. Get your new card today and start paying less for the care you need. It's metadiscounts.com. That's metadiscounts, M-E-D-I, discounts.com. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. Seth Rollins and Riddle. So Riddle showed up, He's, and the crowd loved it. The crowd, and I didn't expect to see Riddle. He said he didn't care if he wasn't medically cleared to compete, and he called out Seth. Seth came out, and then the two brawled up the entryway before ending up in the ring while Rollins hit Riddle with a stomp, and the WWE officials tried to stop him. And, you know, th- this was, this was a, an effective segment because they're trying to push this match out further to maybe Clash at the Castle, I'd imagine. And it also did create some sympathy for Riddle, who they were the, the announcers put a nice tone to the actual severity of his quote unquote spinal injury, and then Seth stomped him again, and then that put into question the uh, the health and safety of Riddle. Well, obviously it's storyline, but still effective, and it made me feel sympathy for him. Uh, what did make me feel sympathy is the, uh, the the nail polish. Is there something that he's like? Is it supposed to send a message like what? I don't know. Maybe it's just him riddle being riddle. I don't understand the nail polish. It's just a little weird to me, right? The nail polish on the fingers and the toes. And it's also like pink or something. I don't know. Not my favorite. It just doesn't fit for me. Personal preference. But uh, Seth Rollins got some nice heat. Riddle was beloved by the crowd. And it also it, it further solidified Seth as a heel. And it also put sympathy on, on Riddle. And you want both of those for both guys, and it was a success. And both guys got to get on the show. So I was a fan of this segment. Even though it was short, it was very effective. Then we get to the SmackDown Women's Championship. Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey. The match was short. Uh, I I like the rings of Saturn that Morgan put uh, Rousey in. And then... The crucifix driver for a near fall on Rousey. Rousey did manage to lock in an arm bar, but Morgan escaped to the ropes and having to do the same seconds later when Rousey locked it in again. The referee threatened to stop the match, but Morgan pleaded for him not to. And Rousey again locked in the arm bar, and this time Morgan stacked Rousey, and the referee counted the three despite Liv Morgan tapping out. Rousey attacked Morgan after the match, locking in another armbar before taking down the referee with a hip toss and locking in an armbar on him as well. It was a weird ending, and I, I, I will say um, it didn't. I don't know. I here's the thing: the match itself, not great. It was underwhelming. It was short, and you know it, it really makes sense though because Liv Morgan shouldn't be an actual threat to Ronda Rousey when you look at the the you know, the, the two the, both of their careers just the way they look. Liv does not really fit the bill. And it also didn't really help Liv's credibility here because Liv won, but in a controversial fashion. Just like Liv won the championship when Ronda Rousey was at her weakest. Like, Liv doesn't still have the credibility that they're trying to give her. And um, so the good thing about this is Ronda Rousey is now a heel. Ale effing Luya. Because Liv, or rather uh, Rousey, was in a precarious position as a babyface for several months. And that 
was a thing starting to wear on fans. It's finally in the right place. And Ronda Rousey as a heel is going to be a lot of fun. So much fun. Rousey was yelling at the crowd already. And I can't wait to hear what she has to say about the whole scenario and, and like the fans overall. She gets to just basically let the let the muzzle off and just say what she actually feels about the fans. It's going to be great. I can't wait for this. Rousey is finally a heel. And this is going to be, again, fun as hell. The one thing I'll say, too, about the, the pay-per-view that we no one's really talking about are the, the video package they did for Kevin Owens, for Charlotte. There might have been somebody else. Just to remind you of who they are. Not that they didn't say, oh, Charlotte's returning this time, this time, this date. And, and Kevin Owens, same thing. But it was great that they put them on the show as just kind of a reminder of the accomplishments even though they're not in the show, it, it gives you a sense of like, okay, like they're recognizing the, these two individuals and they're, you know, they're, they're giving you a, a nice, I, I think just a nice uh, tribute to them. And it, it gives you an idea of maybe where they could go with them because if they wouldn't put those video packages out there, if they didn't have something in mind for those two in the very near future. So that is a good thing. So live Morgan wins in controversial fashion, and it wasn't a great match. All right, then the the main event, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar drove a tractor to the ring, and uh, that was very, again, I've never seen that ever. Uh, you know, I was worried because Brock Lesnar was, there wasn't a whole lot of room for error on either side of the ring, and the or rather the, uh, the entranceway. And if any fans put their arms out, I would keep my arms in the go- the gosh darn uh, you know area. I would not extend my arm out to try to touch the tractor <laughs> and rip your arm off. And uh, so it was it was interesting. It was fun. It was Brock in his natural environment, and Roman's Re- Roman Reigns' entrance was about twenty five minutes long. <laughs> um, that might have been the longest entryway from backstage to the ring that I've ever seen. And we've seen some long ones and some big ones. That was really long. I mean, imagine the Undertaker's entrance. It really would have been, I mean, you might have wanted to just slot an hour in for Undertaker's entrance. He walks slow as it is. Roman walks slow as it is. This was a, it's a, it's a long way to the ring. A long way, too long. I was not a fan of how long that entryway was. I mean, nothing you can do about it. But this match, anyway, was was as good, I think, as you could have imagined it being because they they just tried to make it feel different. And it was their final match, hopefully. And the just the pacing of it, the uh, Paul Heyman getting F5 through the table, Roman Reigns getting put in the tractor and dumped into the ring was hilarious. Something that I was like, no way they're going to do that. And they did it. You know, Brock Lesnar slamming into the ring and then pushing the ring and realizing, oh, crap, I uh, need to get actually under the ring to lift it up and pushing the entire ring towards the announcers. That was crazy. Uh, and then lifting up the ring on Roman, you know, lifting the entire ring up and Roman tumbling down was fun. The uh, the, the the ten counts or the nine counts, the, the many nine and a half counts that happened were fine, as you expect in the last man standing match. Um. The Usos getting involved was extremely predictable. Austin Theory coming out at the... I actually forgot about him. Somehow, even though he reminded me every 10 seconds that he was going to do what he's going to do and cash in, I somehow still forgot about it. And I'm like, oh crap, here he comes. But just as I had predicted, it's a failed cash in without him giving up the briefcase. So it's exactly, not to toot my own horn, but it's exactly the way it was where Theory 
didn't want to have a totally losing night here. He lost very convincingly to Bobby. And then you have him come out, and he was just about to cash in, but uh, he gets F5 by Brock, so he doesn't have an official cash in. So therefore, he still has the briefcase. So he didn't have a completely uh, awful night because he's still Mr. Money in the Bank, and he didn't cash in yet. So, uh, But Paul Heyman getting F5'd through the, uh, through the uh, announce table was fun. And then, you know, the title belt shots by Roman on Brock, where Brock just kept getting up, kept getting up. This is where TV 14 would really come in handy because they could have introduced blood. This is where blood should have happened. Those title belt shots off the skull. That is where you could have introduced blood, added so much more drama to this matchup. That was admittedly very good. And... This this might this was easily like ten times better than the WrestleMania match, but here's the thing: it doesn't mean that I want to see this match again. See, I'm sure some of those in WWE are saying, "Ha, see, they they said they didn't want this match again, and now everyone's saying how great it is and how much they wish they could have another match." No, I don't. I'm sure there are some fans out there saying that, not me. You know, I'm, so I'm not I'm not going to be one of those blow with the wind type of fans. That, oh my God, what a great match. I'm taking it back. I want to see these two again. Nope. (laughs) Move on. Move on. Um, The one thing, as I talked about with TV 14, I will say that I'm shocked they didn't make an announcement in some kind of video package on the show about TV 14 coming this day, that day. I hope it's something they're still considering. But I I was expecting some kind of announcement some kind of an announcement at SummerSlam that they're going to be doing TV 14 and it didn't happen. doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but I don't know. Maybe they're still working out plans and how to work creative with it and all that kind of stuff, which is fine as an organization. This is a big change. You want to roll it out in the right way, have creative in place and not just drop it on, you know, a random Monday Night Raw. But uh, this match was good. This match was really good. And, uh, having Lesnar get buried under all the chairs and the pieces of table and everything else. And Roman standing on top of him, Brock loses Roman still retains. And is the outcome something that none of us expected? No, everyone expected Roman reigns to retain. Most people did, but the fact that there was nobody to come out and challenge him again, I guess they didn't do it because we know who it is. We know it's Drew McIntyre, who crazily didn't make an, a, any kind of appearance on the show, which is really weird. But that, I think, is the implication is that we, you know, we didn't have someone come out because we know who it is. It's Drew McIntyre in five weeks in Cardiff, Wales at Clash at the Castle. So that that's probably why I still would have liked, where the hell is The Rock? And how many times am I going to be fooled by thinking The Rock's music is going to hit? And The Rock's going to come out and just just stare at Roman. And then you know what's happening at WrestleMania 39. Like, when are we going to get that? (laughs) Please. Can we just get this match over with so I can stop talking about it? Uh, But that's probably why they didn't want to put any. Well, number one, we don't even know if Rock and Roman is confirmed for 39. But also you want to focus on Drew. He's the one who's up next. And they want this show in Wales to be huge. And I think the crowd is going to go off the hook like the crowd in Wales is going to be explosive and I can't wait I mean this is the first event in what 30 35 years or something like that in Wales it's going to be loud and it's going to be fun I'm really looking forward not just to the card but more to the crowd to hear what their chants are here it's going to be like Monday Night Raw after Wrestlemania type of level 
It's going to be great. So I honestly think that this is going to be, uh, at least for Drew McIntyre, maybe this could be the, the first time, the first time, or one of few times, I should say, that you look at the match with Roman and go, hmm, there's actually a chance here they would drop the belt to Roman. We all knew Brock, no matter, he could have faced Roman Reigns 708 times, and you knew that Brock was going to lose every time because it doesn't make sense for Brock to win. And Brock's probably going to go back into his hole, maybe appear at the Rumble or WrestleMania, and that's it. I, I really don't know if we'll see Brock for a long time. I, I, if I see Brock before WrestleMania season, I'll be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him for like a year. <laughs> I mean, that, I don't know anything about his contract. I don't know the details, but it just feels like Brock is done for quite a while. Uh, so that said, though, um, you know, th- this is the first time that Roman Reigns' belt, to me, the most jeopardy that it's been in is right now. You know, there's other times you could have made other cases for certain guys. This is the first time that I feel like it's a strong possibility, not likely, but at least a strong possibility that Roman Reigns could drop the belt to Drew in Cardiff, Wales. So just something to think about as we move forward over. We've got five weeks now. That's a pretty long stretch until the event in uh, September 3rd, I think it is. The first week of September is when we will get that matchup. And uh, it's going to be a fun build. And they finally get to Roman, and they finally get to Drew. As they teased it, didn't do it, talked about it, didn't do it. We finally get it, and it's going to be fun to watch. So uh, there's that. Well, uh, that is it for my Sunday night, or Sunday night, my my SummerSlam review show. I really do thank you, everybody, if you've listened this long. I appreciate it. If you're new, consider going ad-free if you want to support us or if you just don't want to deal with the ads. There's an easy way to get rid of it at patreon.com slash WWE podcast. A couple of the things I want to say beyond the ad free stuff that I have on Apple podcast on my website is we have an hour long WWE slam show video that is done exclusively on the DuPont now network. It's dupontnow.com. It's the DuPont network, but their website is DuPont D U P O N T the D U P O N T now.com. And you can uh, watch me every Saturday at 8 p.m. do an hour show on WWE. It's usually covering uh, Monday Night Raw. But in this case, given that SummerSlam just happened, I'll be going into more depth, more uh, thoughts that you didn't hear anywhere else other than on the DuPont Now Network. So check it out. It's 100% free to sign up. There's no fee. There's nothing that's hidden anything. It's just it's a free streaming service. So check it out on dupontnow.com. Get yourself signed up. No all you know, no charges, 100% free. And that's Saturday at 8 o'clock that you get to watch me. So how about that? And uh, the other thing, check out Ashley Mann's podcast, Kick Ash. It's the Kick Ash podcast. You've heard her many times on this show, and she does an excellent job. She has her own show now, Kick Ash Podcast. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I will be back tomorrow. Is tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow with Anthony DeMarco with the current state of WWE. A lot of talk about SummerSlam. That's going to be for the next couple of shows, the theme, and then we'll wrap it up after Monday Night Raw happens and start on our path to Clash of the Castle. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time. If you've got a prescription to fill, you need to listen carefully. Did you compare pharmacy prices before deciding to go to your closest one? Do you know that you might end up paying two to three times more at one pharmacy compared to another? The same drug that can be found here for $52 can be found 1.3 miles away for $18. Think about what you would do with an extra 34 bucks per transaction. 
Now, with Meta Discounts, it's easy to compare and check prices among the different pharmacies in your area. Just open up their website, type the drug that you're looking for, and the zip code of your area to receive a detailed list of pharmacies and their prices. All you have to do is choose the one that saves you the most. Additionally, using their free simple-to-use prescription discount card, anyone can save up to 80% on prescriptions. Regardless of your age, income, or insurance status, Meta Discounts card will help you. Your mom, your sister, your friends, and even your dog save money at the pharmacy counter. So don't wait, guys. Get your new card today and start paying less for the care you need. It's metadiscounts.com. That's metadiscounts, M-E-D-I, discounts.com. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.